1: on my side therefore what am I going to fear what man can do now man condemns me man finds fault with me sometimes there's a lot of fault to find and I condemn myself I find fault with myself but I don't need to fear what man will say because the Lord is on my side and that to me is great encouragement great
0: encouragement God is for me what a glorious truth can you receive this today God is for you Even though we've been given the gift of salvation through the forgiveness of sin, we can easily slip into condemnation. Whether it's brought on by others accusing us or our own struggles, it can really bring us down. In today's message, Pastor Dave encourages us by reminding us that no matter what man thinks of us or how bad we fail, God is faithfully for us. Now here's Pastor Dave with part two of today's message entitled, The Providence of God.
1: That's how bad they wanted this guy dead. They even asked the chief priests and the council to be co-conspirators. And asking them, say, hey, commander, you tell Paul that we want to talk to him again. We want to talk to him again, and you bring him down before us because he'll never make it. This was an elaborate scheme. What a plot. The high chief himself was involved. Maybe he was a whitewashed wall. Maybe he was something different about him because here he is plotting to kill a person. The Roman Jews had cooperated like this before. This would be a cinch. They must have been pretty proud of themselves, thinking, yeah, we're going to take this guy out. I can see them high-fiving and fist-pumping, you know, giving the fist, come on, yeah, we're going to take this guy out. They must have really been proud of themselves. Oh, the schemes of man. Oh, the schemes that we plan and the weave that we make, the schemes of man. But let me ask you something. What are the schemes of man compared to the providence of God? What are the schemes of man compared to the providence of God? I saw a couple of you mouth nothing and you're exactly right. Nothing. You know, Paul would write to the Roman believers in Romans 8:31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Do you believe this? Do you believe this very scripture? Can you receive this? Can you receive the scripture? Because it's interesting that in his commentary, the commentator Newell says this, quote, Our weak hearts, prone to legalism and unbelief, receive these words with great difficulty. God is for us. Why is there difficulty in receiving this? Because we have failed him, but he's for us. We are ignorant of his ways, but he's for us. We have not yet brought much fruit, but he's for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? This is the question Paul asked. Now, we know that Satan is against us. We know that the world is against us. But the idea here is, who is Satan compared to God? Who is the world compared to God? David, once again, in Psalm 118, verse 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do. So here David's saying, hey, the Lord's on my side. He's on my side. It's like we had first choice. We had first choice of all the people to play on our team. And before we chose him, he chose us. He chose us, and we're on his team. We're on his team. And in case you haven't read the end of the book, we win. We win. How comforting it is, how reassuring it is. God is for me. God is for me. Say it. God is for me. Yes, he is. God is for us. God is on my side. Therefore, what am I going to fear what man can do? Now, man condemns me. Man finds fault with me. Sometimes there's a lot of fault to find. And I condemn myself. I find fault with myself, but I don't need to fear what man will say because the Lord is on my side, and that to me is great encouragement, great encouragement. God is for me. What a glorious truth. Can you receive this today? God is for you. If you've accepted the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, if you're born again into a living hope, God is for you. You're on the winning team. He is with you. And because God is with you, God is for you, I don't care what the forces of hell may have against you. They are nothing compared to God. They are nothing compared to our God. How do I know this? Because Paul continues and he says in Romans 8.32, He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. The word delivered up here means speaking of the cross. God delivered his very own son, Jesus, to die on a cruel Roman cross. God delivered his own son to die for my sins, to die for your sins. God delivered his son so that he would suffer, be despised, and rejected to reconcile me back to him. It was God's way of telling me he loved me. It was God's way of saying, I love you. And this is the demonstration of my love, my son, hanging on a cross dying for you. See, what these 40 conspirators failed to realize that God was for Paul, and God was on Paul's side. They failed to realize that they were now not fighting Paul. They weren't fighting against this sect, these Christians. They were now fighting against God. They were fighting against the God of the universe, the creator of all things. See, what Paul told them was true. Paul had seen Jesus on the way to Damascus, He had seen the risen Lord. That was true. Paul was called to be an apostle by the Lord himself. Paul had been chosen to deliver the gospel to the Gentiles. And by being chosen, it meant he was now protected by God. It meant that nothing could harm him. Nothing could befall him because God was for him. And this gave Paul great courage. It gave him great confidence because the Lord was with him. The Lord told Paul that, hey, you are going to Rome, and nothing's going to stop that. The Lord is not slack in his promises. The Lord is not slack in his promises. If he says it, it will come to pass. We must be aware of that. There is not one promise in this book that either hasn't come true or will come true. Not one promise. This book will not fail. So if you turned on Fox News this morning, and you heard about all the crazy things that are going on in Syria, and you're getting a little upset about what's happening in the world, relax, Christian. God has it under control. And God is for you, not against you. If you have health problems, life problems, relationship problems, financial problems, family problems, if you have any type of problems at all, relax, Christian. God is for you. He is not against you. And he's working even these horrible, nasty things in your life together for good. And they will show themselves good in his time. Relax. Take courage, Christian. God is in control. The Lord is by your side. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we see the assassin's plot. The next thing that we see is God's providential hand. And for this, we're going to look at the next six verses, beginning in verse 16. Verse 16. So when Paul's sister's son heard their ambush, he went and entered the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions to him and said, Take this young man to the commander, for he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the commander and said, Paul, the prisoner called me to him and asked me to bring this young man to you. He has something to say to you. Then the commander took him by the hand, went aside and asked privately, What is it that you have to tell me? And he said, The Jews have agreed to ask that you bring Paul down to the council tomorrow as though they were going to inquire more fully about him. But do not yield to them, for more than 40 of them lie in wait for him, men who have bound themselves by an oath that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him. And now they are ready, waiting for the promise for you. So the commander let the young man depart and commanded him, telling no one that you have revealed these things to me. And he called the two censorians saying, prepare 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, 200 spearsmen to go to Caesarea at the third hour of the night and provide mounts to set Paul on and bring him safely to Felix the governor. Wow. God intervened. God intervened on Paul's behalf by having this unidentified nephew. What? Up until this scripture, we didn't even know Paul had a sister. We didn't even know Paul had a sister until this scripture right here. But all of a sudden, this unidentified nephew shows up. How did he even get near the high priest? How did he even get near them? But he shows up, and he's there. God has a plan. God has a perfect plan. And he had the, the, the nephew at the perfect place within earshot of everything that was going on. And then now when I ask you the question, how did Paul get from there? I mean, how did the nephew get from there? We don't even know his name. How did the nephew get from there into see Paul. But he was there right at the time when the assassination plot was unveiled. And he heard it. And he, oh, I got to tell Paul. I got to tell Paul. It was only by God's providential hand that this plot was made known. God was watching out for Paul. God had everything in control, including Paul's escort out of town. As we looked at the final verses, we saw that he says to the two centurions, hey, get some soldiers. Don't even get some soldiers. Get 200 of them. Get 70 horsemen. Get 200 spearsmen. Come on, we got to get this guy out of here. <laughs> Paul's visit to Jerusalem ends in style. He's not leaving Jerusalem as a prisoner. He's leaving Jerusalem as a king. With his huge escort of people, escort of army men carrying him out. He leaves like royalty, just like God views him as, royalty. What about the 40 conspirators? Well, they left Jerusalem very, very hungry and very, very thirsty. If you didn't get that, go back and read the verses. God goes behind the scenes in our lives every single day, day in and day out. God is working constantly in our lives. And it may be something that my wife and I were up in uh, Phoenixville just Thursday to visit our one son, who had just moved into a new apartment, and our granddaughter. I had a wonderful visit, but on the way home, I was listening to my GPS, and I kind of was not paying attention. And I looked up, and here comes, on my side of the road, an emergency vehicle. Lights blaring, coming right at me. No siren, no nothing, but there he is. He turned off this way, and he went by. Only by the grace of God, God's providential hand had me look up. It was only by the grace of God, because nothing's going to happen to me until God's timing's perfect. God knows the hour. He knows when. You've seen these things happen in your lives. You can see where God's providential hand has been with you. You can see where God's providence has, has turned up and things happen. Like, wow, wait a minute. And you may see it afterthought. Oh, there it was. It's because God is for us that we can be daring, especially when we know the will of God, when we know our Savior is with us and we can be, he's dependable to do the work in us and do the perfect work. Paul thought he was alone. Paul thought he was destitute. Paul thought everybody had forgotten about him, but but Jesus didn't forget about him. Jesus came to him in the direst of circumstances. He says, take courage, Paul. I'm not through with you yet. Paul knew the Lord was with him and he had nothing to fear. You know that, Christian, today, that the Lord is with you and you have nothing to fear? You know, as we finish this section, and Paul now heads out of Jerusalem going into Caesarea, which is where we're going to pick up next week, I want to leave you with a story that I found that was very, very touching to my heart. I'd like to leave that with you. The story is about Paderewski, the famous piano composer. And he was scheduled to perform this wonderful, great concert one night somewhere here in America. It was quite an evening because you had to have a black tux and you had to have a long evening gown. You had to have a high society type atmosphere. It was going to be quite the extravaganza as Paderewski was going to play for this crowd. Well, in the audience that evening was a mother and her very fidgety son. He was nine years old. Wearily waiting for the concert to begin, the young guy was sitting in his seat, kind of squirming. And, you know, he really didn't want to be there. Mom had brought him to encourage him to practice because maybe someday he could be as good as Paderewski. And she thought that if he saw this concert and saw this guy playing masterfully, he would be encouraged to practice. That's why they were there. But the mom turned to talk to some friends. And the impatient boy said, I can't stay here no longer, and got up out of his chair and started to walk away, started to sneak away. He slipped silently from her side, and as he walked, he was strangely looking at this huge Steinway on top of the stage, and he was mesmerized by it, and it was drawing him into it, and he kept on walking towards it, and next thing you know, he's up on stage, and he sits down at this great big cushiony seat. He sits down there and he takes his fingers and he puts them on the black and white keys and he starts to play. Anyhow, the crowd goes crazy. They're looking at him and now this tux in the black coat and all they this, they couldn't believe it. They start yelling at him, get off the stage, you're ruining the concert. They start yelling all these horrible things at him. Here, yeah, get on, they're these people. But he doesn't stop. Backstage, Paderewski hears the commotion. He grabs his tux jacket and he runs out on the stage and he sees the kid. Paderewski slowly walks up behind him, puts his arms around him, and starts making a counter melody. Paderewski's making a counter melody to the kids' chopsticks and they're playing this beautiful music. And the entire time it's happening, Paderewski's talking in the kids' ear, don't quit, keep going don't quit, don't stop playing, keep going, don't quit. Not only was this guy a great pianist, but he was a wonderful mentor as well. Wonderful mentor. I love this story. I love this story because we have been called by the Lord to play this crazy melody. We've been called by the Lord. Each of us has been given a melody to play, and your melody may be different than mine. And and we are called by the Lord to play this beautiful melody. And the melody is for Jesus Christ. The melody that we play is from our heart. It's for Jesus Christ. And though we generally wanted to do our very best, nobody can accuse us of not wanting to do their very best for the Lord Jesus. But you know what? Occasionally, we've done or said something wrong. We said something to the wrong person at the wrong time, or, or you know, we've we've not lived up to our own specta- expectations. Not to mention the standards of His service. You know, I don't know what your melody is, but sometimes my melody sounds like chopsticks. My melody just sounds like chopsticks. And you know what? Sometimes people in the gallery are yelling at me to get off the stage. Sometimes people in the gallery are yelling, Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Give up. Quit. They try to get me to quit, they try to get me to slow down. But I've been called by the Lord. You've been called by the Lord to do a service for him. Don't let anybody tell you to quit. Don't let anybody tell you to give up. Don't let anybody tell you to change your methods, to change your being. Don't let anybody tell you those things. The Lord wants us to continue to play our song, no matter what melody that is, because the Lord wants to encourage us. You know what? I don't know. Maybe you've been like me. You know, I know he wants me to continue, and I desperately need to be encouraged, but you know what? I've failed so miserably so many times. i fall on my face. I've let him down. Sometimes I'm just not any use for him. And the enemy continues to hammer me and and, and keep me discouraged and keep me down. At the right time, the master appears behind me and he wraps his arms around me and he starts playing the melody with me, his counter-melody to my melody. And it's beautiful and it's glorious and his presence is overwhelming and it sustains me through yet another day And I feel comforted. And I feel hope. And I'm restored. I'm refreshed in his love as he plays this melody with me. And then I hear those words. Take courage. Dave, don't stop. Don't quit. Keep going. I've called you, man. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you out in the wilderness. I'm there, man. Continue. And he adds this beautiful counter melody And it confirms everything that he has told me. It confirms everything that he has told me deep within. And there's nothing that can stop us. There's nothing that can prevent me. As long as I stay close to him, as long as I don't pull myself away from him, nothing's going to prevent me and stop me. And what a team we make. What a team we make. As I rest in his ability to do all the work, as I rest in his strength that he provides to do everything, as I rest in his power, what a team we make. What a team we make. And he receives the glory that he so justly deserves. The glory for being the one who speaks when I open my mouth. For being the one who enables me to write things on a page. For being the one able to love my wife the way she's supposed to be loved and to treat her and cherish her like the golden jewel that she is from God. He gives me that strength. He gives me the strength to love you and to love those people that come in, those other people around the world, other people everywhere, people who hurt, people who don't like us. But He gives us the, the power to love. And He does all that. I can take no glory. I can take no accolades or applause. I want him to get the glory. And we see the providential hand on our lives as we look forward and we look ahead to the prize of the high calling. There's not one of us. There's not one of us in here who knows Christ in a strong and deep way. There's not one of us in here who doesn't have a relationship with him, who can't wait with bated breath, with tears in your eyes, to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Man, I can't imagine what it would be not to hear those words. I can't imagine what it would be. That's my goal. That's my purpose. That's what I do. And nothing or no one can prevent that from happening because it's his will and it's his to accomplish in me. And when I hear that and I think of that, I'm overwhelmed with his peace. And I know that I serve a mighty God, a God who is only for us and never against us, A God who wanted a relationship with me so bad, who wanted to to hold me in his arms and tell me he loved me so bad that he would allow his only son to be brutalized and die in order to have that relationship with me. And he did it for you. Are you discouraged? Don't be. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged, Christian. We're all going to have some pretty nasty circumstances in our lifetimes. Some of us will be the same circumstances. Some of us will be different circumstances. But there will be circumstances nevertheless. But the one thing that never changes is the God that we serve. He does not change. He does not change, and he's telling you today, I am with you, I am beside you, and I love you to the point that I gave my son to die for you, and that you can glean on, and that you can take, and you can look ahead to the prize of the high calling. You can look ahead and keep your eyes focused on what is real and what is major. Let the minor stuff flay away. Let it just pass by. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, because... He has it all under control, and he's waiting for you with arms open wide. Let me leave you with another one of my many, many, many favorite scriptures. The Apostle Paul wrote this one, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. He says, therefore, my beloved brethren, and I can say to you, therefore, after everything we've said, after everything we've just discussed in the last several weeks about this Paul and about this visit to Jerusalem, and I can say, Beloved, my family, my family, you guys, Paul says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, he says, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing
0: that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There's much more Pastor Dave would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Cape Watch Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Pastor Dave will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Acts next time. You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at Sometimes it's just easier to call. Our phone number is 609-884-5821. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 609-884-5821. You can learn more about Cape Watch Radio, Calvary Chapel, Cape May, and Pastor Dave at our website, www.capewatchradio.com. All of Pastor Dave's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at capewatchradio.com. That's www.capewatchradio.com. You'll also find contact information, driving directions to the church, and details about activities and upcoming events on our website. You can also subscribe to the Cape Watch Radio podcast. Subscribing is easy. Log on to capewatchradio.com. Click on the subscribe button or simply search for Cape Watch Radio in the iTunes store. Well, that's all the time we have for today. From all of the production team here at Cape Watch Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Cape Watch Radio.